Hey everybody and welcome back to Steve's NRL Footy Tips for the final time in 2023. I'm your host, Stephen Westaway. Grand final day is finally here. I can't wait for the action to start. It starts at 1 o'clock with the state championship, leading all the way to the NRL grand final at 7.30 tonight. Thank you for all the audience, all the listeners that have supported the show throughout the year. Every guest that's been on the show, it means so much. Your loyalty and the fact that you listen each and every week and, and care about just a normal guy's opinions about NRL, it means a lot to me and it's the reason I continue to do this show. Next year is going to be five years. Today's episode is episode 50 of the year, so it's been a hell of a journey this year and you know I'll be the first to admit it's been a, a busy year for myself. I haven't always recorded the podcast on time, but next year for the fifth anniversary I've got a lot of exciting things in the works, and one of those things is staying on schedule as well, uh, and it's going to be released every Tuesday night next year. So I just want to thank everybody throughout the year, all the support. It, it, as I mentioned, it means a lot, and you know, I wouldn't be here recording this podcast each week if you know I thought I was just talking to myself, and the fact that people respond and you, you as the audience engage, it means a lot uh, to me, and it, you know, doing this show every week, it kind of keeps my sanity it's good to be able to unwind and talk some rugby league every week and, you know, escape from the real world for 30 minutes. So, look, I promise that I'll continue to try to improve the podcast. I have loved all the suggestions in the last few weeks when I asked the question, how can I improve the show? And that feedback's been put on board. And next year, as I mentioned, the fifth year, it's going to be the biggest year of the podcast yet. So I want to thank everybody um, who has listened. And as I mentioned, it's going to continue next year. We've got some big, uh, big things in the horizon. So thank everybody for their support. And if you guys haven't, please like Steve's and our Orphan Tips on Facebook, Anchor, Spotify, all that good stuff. But you know, enough of all that stuff. It's Grand Final Day, so it's time to preview the biggest games of the year. And uh, on Wednesday night, we saw the Dalian medals and all the positional awards that were given out. I named my team of the year last week on this show, if you want to go check that out. But the Dalian medal, the main award, went to Kalen Ponga from the Newcastle Knights. You know, I feel like this is reflective of the current system that we have in place. And as soon as the award got given out, I was... uh, of the opinion that Sean Johnson did in fact get robbed and the award should have been his. Now, I'm not blaming Kalen Ponga. The system in place where you can get up to six points a game now really promotes, you know, a big, sudden, I guess, increase in form like Kalen Ponga had in the last 10 to 12 rounds of this competition. Now, Sean Johnson, you look at his form and it looks like a a very high-quality line to the fact that he was consistent all season. He really was a part of this culture change at the New Zealand Warriors, and he really, you know, put his imprint on the team with Andrew Webster and the maturity that Johnson showed. It showed the evolution of him as a footballer after 12 years in first grade. And he kept that consistent throughout the season to the finals, and we saw the, I guess, his presence or the lack of in the first week against the Panthers in the finals this year where the Warriors kind of got blown off the park. He came back against the Knights in week two, and... You know, we saw just how much of an influence he has on this side, just for him being there at the moment. Kalen Ponger, on the other hand, he started the year off very slowly, slowly kind of built into form. Uh, the 5-8 experiment didn't didn't work, and then when he came back from injury, he was on fire in the second half of the season. So, 
you know, I can understand why they gave it to Ponga and why he won by one point. I think there's some controversial placement in weeks that he got six points and maybe Johnson probably was the man of the match in some Warriors games where he didn't get the six points, including in around 23 game against the Titans. So, yeah, I think that this is a real opportunity for the NRL to, especially after the backlash, to try to get the system right for next season. In my opinion, the last, well, three out of the last four years, I haven't agreed with the winner. 2020, we had Jack Wyden beat Nathan Cleary, who was on the form streak of his life. 2021, Tommy Turbo rightfully won. But then you go back to last year, I thought Ben Hunt was a superior player all season than Nico Hines. And you can make the argument, well, you know, the Dragons didn't make the finals. Can you really give the Dallium to a, a player that doesn't play in the finals? The Dallium medal is for the best player in the league this season. I know that's a very opinionated award, but you look at the consistency, and I think a majority of people would have said that Ben Hunt was the best player in the NRL last year, and a majority of people would have said that Sean Johnson has been the best player in the NRL this season. So, you know, whether the NRL think they got it right or not, I think that it's clear that they obviously want Ponga as one of the poster uh, poster childs of our game. And, you know, rightfully so. He's got such a presence every time he comes on the field. And, you know, if he can continue this form, he's going to be a superstar for many years to come. But it doesn't take away from what Johnson's contributed this year. And um, you look at the improvement year on year. Now, Ponga has improved. But Sean Johnson, there was talks for him at the start of the year to retire. I think it's just been a really good feel-good story. And... I was disappointed that he didn't win the big award, to be honest. I think that, you know, I I really think that him and Andrew Webster, who rightfully, in my opinion, won Coach of the Year, have changed the culture at New Zealand, at the Warriors there, to the point where I think they're going to be a premiership threat in the next five years. I honestly do. Um, so, yeah, every other award I didn't really have an issue with, but I my daily Player of the Year is definitely Sean Johnson, in my opinion. And, you know... The NRL has a history of doing this. Of, And if you agree with it or not, you've got to admit there's at least a conversation there, right? And I just think that the NRL has a, a way of doing this where when we look at the Dallium system at a whole, as a whole and the points structures as a whole, we have a couple of judges voting on each game. The bias automatically falls towards a star player in our game. And, you know, with the presence that they have, it might even be a subconscious thing by the voters and they might not do it on purpose. But you're more likely to look at, you know, what someone like uh Kalen Ponger or Sean Johnson doing is doing compared to what, you know, someone like a Jackson Ford or a uh, a Leo Thompson is doing for their club. It's just natural. But if you are a Dallium judge, I think you have to take it to the uh, and and give it the utmost respect and really step away from those egos and those, you know, stars and just look at the game of the whole and see who's I've uh, been the best player every week, which, as I said, I don't think they, they don't do that on purpose, but I think sometimes, you know, they get caught up in look at the game that this star player has had other than looking at the the rest of the game as a whole. So uh, it would be interesting to see if the NRL chooses to overhaul the system at all in 2024. But as I mentioned, we got three big games to f- preview today. A grand final day, we're a couple hours away from the first game of the day. Uh, and we'll preview the huge game between the Panthers and the Broncos. And by the way, the Warriors and the Storm, congratulations on a big season 2023. For the Warriors, I think that, you know, they were in the game early and some missed goals and some, uh, you know, some some times where they floated in and out of that game really cost them. I don't think the forward pass cost them. I think the Broncos were well and truly the better team, and they deserve to be in their grand final here today. Uh, for the Panthers, 
the Storm just couldn't keep up with them, as simple as that. I think we all kind of expected that going into the game. I tipped the Panthers by 10. I think the Storm, I thought the Storm, sorry, was, were going to be, you know, an improved package and really show whatever they had left against Penrith. And unfortunately, what they had left uh, wasn't enough to compete with this juggernaut that could win their third consecutive premiership this Sunday. So I can't wait for 7.30 tonight. I think that there's a lot of intrigue in this grand final. At first, I wasn't too excited. I think that... Um, in my opinion, the ball's fairly placed in one corner of the field, and there's a heavy favourite. Uh, the betting and the, you know, sports betting, the tab, they all kind of disagree with that assessment. But uh, you know, as the week's going on, I'm, I'm starting to, I guess, have a bit of faith that maybe we can get a really entertaining contest tonight because there's stars from both sides of the field. There's no doubt about it. But the first game of the day will preview the the, the undercard, if you will. Uh, before we get to the big game, and it starts at 1.20. The NRL States Championship, the New South Wales Cup winner versus the Queensland Cup winner. It's the South Sydney Rabbitohs versus the Brisbane Tigers. Now, as a South Sydney Rabbitohs fan, probably not the grand final that... Well, definitely not the grand final that I wanted the club to be in and not the way that I expect us to be uh, featured on grand final day. But we are here. We are in the New South Wales Cup final, and... You know, you got to give credit to the Rabbitohs and, you know, their their lower grades. The fact that while the first grade side collapsed near the back end of the season, there's some guys that have been in this New South Wales Cup system for a long period of time, like Dean Hawkins, the halfback that uh, has been one of the form players in that competition this year. Uh, Munro, Tyron Munro, who's got a little bit of uh, first grade experience. Blake Taff, who's been in and out of the New South Wales Cup team this year. Uh, and the Fords as well, even O'Neill's got a good rap on him, Talis Duncan, Brock Gray, so there's players with a bright future, and there's players that have been really consistent in the Rabbitohs lineup in the New South Wales Cup this season. I'm excited to watch this game for the Rabbitohs. I'm excited to see some of these young stars in action. It's going to be Blake Taft's last ever game uh, in the red and green at the moment, unless he comes back to the club in the future, but you know, he's the player that two years ago was in the 2021 Grand Finals fullback for the Rabbitohs. So it's going to be a good farewell for him. Yelling Gordon suits up for, I believe this is his 18th or 19th season with the Rabbitohs. Uh, you know, he hasn't played in first grade since 2008. He's still foiling his trade there in the New South Wales Cup. And I think the fact is that Munro was about six months old when Yelling Gordon made his debut. So that that is crazy that they're playing together this afternoon. But the Rabbitohs, I think they finished second in the regular season in the New South Wales Cup. It was the Bears that finished first, and they upset them with a late try last week. Their opponents this week, obviously, in the state championship from the Queensland Cup, it's the Brisbane Tigers. I don't know too much about them, so I don't watch a lot of Queensland Cup every week. But I look at the lineup, uh, and they're... You know, got some Melbourne Storm players since this year. They were the under, um, I guess, a lower grade team for Melbourne. They've got Pezzard at halfback and Riley Jacks as the 5'8". Riley Jacks, a very experienced campaigner at this point. I'm excited to see their combination. George Jennings suits up. He's a talented young player, same, same as Kane Bradley. And they've got some younger players uh, throughout the rest of the side. So, listen, they're good enough to win the Queensland Cup. I think they can take it to the Rabbitohs early, potentially, but if you look at the history of this game, there's a real trend of the New South Wales Cup team kind of uh, just showing their dominance against the Queensland sides uh, over the, over recent history. And, um, you know, the Queensland Cup is prestigious in its own right, but I think that the New South Wales Cup played a higher quality. And that's not to say that the Brisbane team can't win this game. 
but you know, I know more about one side than the other. So I'm going to lean towards the Rabbitohs here today uh, by 16 points. I think we're actually going to see a lot of points in this game. Both teams played their grand final last weeks like they do before these state championship games. So I'm not sure how much the emphasis is going to be on defense. They've both been champions, crown champions already. I think this is going to be a fun, you know, expedition type game uh, where points will be flowing. So I've got the Rabbitohs, but, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to uh, to this game just as a little bit of an appetizer uh, to the two other games that are, are come in the afternoon. And speaking of which, we're going to move on now to the NRLW final. Um, I This is a competition that I usually try to watch a lot of every season, or at least, you know, uh, being the note this year, I've probably watched the least NRLW just because the... Um, the busy year I personally had, but I'm int- always interested to watch the grand final day and see the girls go around. And, um, you know, there's been some stars of the league this year, but Tamika Upton has probably been the biggest star of all. Uh, she dominated at the Dalian medals the other night, and her and Jessie Southwell, I think, are going to be key to this Newcastle side, who are heavy favourites to knock off the Gold Coast Titans, who have had a tremendous run to the grand final. I mean, you can't discount what they did last week. The Roosters were the favourites to win it all, and I think they were very short favourites at about $1.50 to win the whole comp a couple of weeks ago, and it was a dominant 12-0 victory by the Titans, and they won that game on the back of their defence. So you look at these two sides, and you see a lot of internationals like the Southwells, uh, like Upkin, like Gallagher, um, in this Newcastle side. And then you look at the Titans side, and it's a much more, uh, I guess, unknown side, unless you're you know, really into NRLW, which usually I'd probably know some of these players, but as I mentioned, that's completely on me. I, I haven't had a chance to check out a lot of the NRLW action this year. But yeah, you look at one side compared to the other, and there's definitely a lot of you know high-profile players on the Newcastle side, but... I think that actually gives the Titans a little bit of an advantage. The fact that they're kind of flown under the radar this year to get to the point that they got to. Um, you know, I think that that uh, has to be praised. But yeah, again, it's just me looking at this this game and um, I'm sure the quality will be great over um, over the just over an hour contest. And, you know, it's great to see the Titans on Green Final Day for the first time ever, like my good friend Matt Dupont, the Titans fan, said the other day. But, uh, you know, Green Final Day, anything can happen. And you look at these two sides, I don't know a huge amount against the Titans side, but I think they have grit. And I think we saw it last week when they won 12 0 against the Roosters. So, as much as the star power as the Newcastle side's got, I think that we could see an upset this afternoon. I'm going to go the Titans to upset the Newcastle Knights in the NRLW, and we'll finally see the mighty blue and gold win a premiership on grand final day. Not quite the NRL premiership, and I don't know if I'll ever see that in my life, but I think they might win the women's here this afternoon. All right, let's move on to the the reason why I'm guessing a lot of people have spent some of their grand final day listening to the show, and that's the Korean final preview for the NRL, 7.30. It's going to be a huge atmosphere up there at a core stadium. It's going to be sold out. I think it's been sold out for the majority of the week. It's the Pender Panthers versus the Brisbane Broncos, and I'm actually excited to see which way the crowd leans. I know the Panthers are going to have plenty of support, but they are a controversial team, to be honest, and... You know, there's a lot of people that don't like the Panthers. You're either a Panthers fan or you kind of can't stand them. So it's going to be interesting to see exactly the reception that the Panthers get up at Sydney this afternoon. They're going for pre premierships in a row, which will be the first time since the Parramatta Eels from 81 to 83 if they were to accomplish it. And, 
you know, I think they're in a fantastic position to get, to do that. Both teams coming off huge wins last week. And, you know, the Panthers, when you compare these two sides on paper, the Panthers have all the grand final experience under their sleeves. You look at the Broncos side, and they've only got Adam Reynolds, I believe, and, and Kurt Capel, actually, that have played in a grand final out of their starting 17. So, um, you know, in these contests, I tend to lean towards experience, and in that Battle and the battle of experience, you've got to give the edge to the Panera Panthers. Um, most or the, the key majority of their squad from the last two years remain intact. I mean, you've still got Edwards there, clearly, clearly, Luai, Yo, those key components still all there. And you know, I think you can make the argument that the Panthers are as good as they've ever been over this last three year stretch. I'm excited to see the Ford Pack do battle, like I think a lot of people are, and it's going to be a big contest early. I mean. Can the likes of Flegler, Huss, and Carrigan and Capewell, they've got a great forward back, Brisbane, probably, you know, the most highest rated forward back in this competition, but then can they match it with the tried and true experience of Fisher Harris, Leota, Liam Martin, Isaiah Yo, and then, um, you know, that, that key bench for Penrith in Lindy Smith and Spencer Lenu. The thing that Penrith do outstanding in the front row is that you have Leota and Fish Harris, the two big men, make such a big impact in the first 20 minutes of the game. And you saw it last week, Fish Harris really took on the big uh, Melbourne Storm forward pack and the Storm just didn't have a response. Can they, uh, can the Broncos shut them down? Because as I mentioned, they start the game off and really give a lot of energy to this Panther side and get them rolling down the field. And then when they get tired and need a rest, you're putting on, um, you know, the likes of Lindsey Smith, who I think's got a huge future in the NRL and doing a great job. Him and Spencer Lenu, it's just a one-two punch where you never lose that starting momentum because you're just rotating between those four front rows. Uh, and they're just the masters of it, Penner. If I really respect the way they do that, and as a, a former front rower myself, I've got to say that... Uh, yeah, the rotation, Ivan Cleary knows how to do that correctly and just get his team rolling down the field. Now, we saw last year's grand final in terms of the forward pack, and we saw that, you know, you had highly respected forwards, guys that were in huge, in great form like Regan Campbell-Gillard and uh, Junior Paul over Parramatta last, week, uh, last year, and they just got completely towed up. They just got... They weren't in the game. Parramatta was starved of possession because of the forward and the momentum that the likes of Fisher-Harris and Leota managed to start Penrith's sets on. Not just that, when you're kicking the Penrith and you're trying to complete your sets, and Aaron Reynolds, one of the best game managers in the in the world, you know, you you think he's got to kick the corners and try to keep Edwards out of the game because you got Edwards that were return at ten to fifteen meters, and then he had the likes of Brian Toe and Taruva, who were just making those inroads to start their sets before Fisher Harris and Leota even get the ball. So the momentum and the speed of the ruck and the speed of the line that Penrith just get off, it's going to make it really hard for Brisbane to to stay in the game early. And they can do that, then we're going to have a contest on our hands because. You know, we saw the Rabbitohs really take it to Penrith two years ago on Green Final Day. And, you know, the end result was 14-12, and it was a Stephen Crichton intercept try that won Penrith that game. But see us, we've held that pressure somehow and started to put the pressure back on Penrith before that big intercept happened. Um, but they actually showed a little bit of a blueprint under Bennett a couple of years ago. Somehow, Brisbane just have to absorb that opening pressure and, and then give it back to Penrith. And they definitely have the forward pack to do it. Huss, Flegler... Carrigan, they've somehow got to get in Penrith's faces, upset the rhythm, um, and upset Penrith in general if they're going to be a chance. Because if you give that 
forward advantage line, such easy meters in the uproads in the middle of your pack, then Dylan Edwards, Nathan Cleary, and Jerome Lua, they're just going to have all the time in the world to come up with you know games that are going to break you, uh, plays that are going to break you, because you don't give this Penrith side opportunities um, over and over again and expect them not to not to close it out and score points. I mean, if there's one thing, I mean, Brisbane have been outstanding this final series, and you know it's been on the back of that forward production engine, which is why I'm bringing it up so much. And, you know, they've got stars there, and right? Mam, Reynolds, Walsh, there's stars all over both these two sides. But if there's one thing that I've seen Brisbane be guilty of this final series, and I don't think we can, by the way, give them um, enough credit. They've been enormous, you see, the, the Broncos, even a get to this weekend. It's just been um, an outstanding season, considering how much they collapsed at the back end of last year, where they were in the top four after 18 rounds and then collapsed outside the top eight. It's just been remarkable, the turnaround of this Brisbane club, and I think they're going to be a powerhouse for years to come with that young production line they've got um, in the forwards, and, and Reynolds still leading for a few more years in the halves. But there's one thing that I think that um, I've spotted the last few weeks by Brisbane, which is a weakness, is that they can't maintain it for 80 minutes. And I've seen in both weeks, near the back end of games, they'll come up with some silly errors. And if you do that against Penrith, if you're not on your game and your completion rates aren't at that 90 to 95% level, then Penrith will make you pay. If you give them opportunities at your door, they're going to be knocking at the door. There's no doubt about it. And they're going to find a way to score points. So for mine, Brisbane have got to absorb that pressure, give it back to Penrith, and then I think the key men come into the game. And I think that the the key men for both these sides, and you can say this about most games, but I think it's no more important than tonight, is the battle of the halves. Nathan Cleary versus Aaron Reynolds. Then Cleary, in my opinion, has got to be the outright favourite for the Clive Churchill medal. He has just been... Uh, a big game player for Penrith for such a long period of time. And I know he hasn't dominated the, the the origin level, but if he wins this third grand final tonight, he's got to be in, one, in the conversation to be one of the great halves that we've ever seen. I think that his game management is second to none um, at the moment. Reynolds is, a, is just behind him. But, you know, for mine... Reese Walsh has come up with a lot of the flashy plays for Brisbane over this final series and over their whole season. I think Penrith are going to have three to four guys on him every time he touches the ball. Um, so I think it's really on Miam and Reynolds to step up and control this side, especially Reynolds. We know the game management. We know that he's been in the grand final against Penrith before, and he's the most experienced half in the rugby league world at the moment. So I think that he has to be picture perfect with his kicking game. He's somehow got to eliminate Edwards. And he has to come up with the big attack he plays himself because I think that Walsh um, is going to get shut down here tonight. I honestly think that he's had a tremendous season, but I'm worried about what he would do under pressure. I mean, we saw it last week. He threw an intercept straight to Dallin, and he ran 90 metres. Now, Rex Walsh did some remarkable things last week as well. He was probably the man of the match. But if you do something like that against Penrith, you're throwing that outside pass over and over and over again, Penrith are going to pick it off. They're going to know exactly... um, what Reese Walsh is playing, and if he doesn't change it up a little bit, and you know, I think Walsh can really use that pressure that Penrith he knows that Penrith are going to be putting on him to his advantage a bit, and have him be a little bit of a um, of have it be a little bit of a trap to be him be the guy that draws all the attention, and then you have outside or inside something else going on through Reynolds or through one of their um, key men or Billy Walters schemes through divert the attention to Walsh and you open up 
some of your other key players. So I think that it's going to be interesting how Kevin Walters has looked at that throughout the week and how exactly uh, they're planning to try to expose, you know, that that huge attention that we're going to see Reese Walsh get. So, you look, I'm excited for tonight's game. I think it's going to be a back-and-forth game. I think that Nathan Cleary could have uh, one of the performances of his career. I hope that Adam Reynolds uh, can have a great game and, and lead this Broncos side to another premiership because I do have a soft spot for the Broncos. I definitely have a soft spot for Reynolds, and I am going for the Brisbane Broncos after... Um, you know, I, how I think Penrith have carried on after the last few premiership wins. I, I'm i not a fan, and I think that, uh, you know, while I'm not a fan, I've got to respect that they're without a doubt one of the best teams we've ever seen in rugby league. I mean, if they win tonight, they join an elite level. They join that 80s eel side. They're not quite at the 11 in a row for the Dragons or the 5 in a row for the Rabbitohs, but they're right up there. They're right behind that, and it's... For mine, uh, I just don't see many kinks in the armor for Penrith. I think that Brisbane are going to have to play their absolute best if there are any chance. And I just think Penrith blowed them away. I, I unfortunately do. I think Brisbane can keep in the game early and they're going to have plenty of support there at a core. I, I bet you plenty of Queenslanders travel down there. Uh, but I just think Penrith are too good, unfortunately. And I think that this is really going to be a day where we're talking about um, how this Penrith team stacks up against some of the great teams of all time. I think that Edwards and Cleary have a field day. Do I think that this game could go to the down to the wire? Yes, I do. But for that to happen, Penrith are going to have, to have an off day and, and Brisbane are going to have to force them to have that off game. Uh, their forwards going to have to work harder than ever before. This is grand final day now. Everything they've got in the tank, their whole season, they have to execute to perfection if they're going to upset this dominant Penrith side, who I think have clearly been the best side this year. And I think that... Uh, I don't see them slowing down anytime soon. I think they could be one of the best sides in the next decade still. So I'm going to go Penrith by 16. I just think that Brisbane are really going to struggle um, to continuously overturn that momentum. I mean, we saw the Rabbitohs do it in the 2021 Grand Final, and then we saw them throw the game away. So it just shows you you have to be perfect against them. You can't give them anything. And uh, for mine, I just respect Penrith as a, as a football club too much to, to tip the Broncos, and I hope the Broncos can get it done, and I hope all your Broncos fans can uh, have a great day today, but I just don't see the Penrith Panthers going down. I've got Cleary as my Clive Churchill. I've got Stephen Croydon as my first try scorer. He'll be the first player to score in four consecutive grand finals if he is to score tonight, um, and I think Penrith went by 16. So those are my tips for the NRL Grand Final this year. I hope you enjoy your Grand Final day, guys. Thank you guys for all your support uh, in 2023. And for the last time this season, this is Steve signing up, uh, signing off, sorry, not signing up, signing off uh, for season 2023 for Steve's NRL Footy Tips. I'll see you guys in season 2024. Enjoy your Grand Final day. Enjoy your international football at the end of the year. We've got some big games of Australia coming up, and I'll see you guys in the preseason for next year. It's been a great journey this year, guys. Thank you for your support. This is Stephen Westaway checking out for season 2023.